So I thought this morning for our Bible study, we would look at some of the words of Christ uh, from his arrest through his crucifixion. And then for the, the service, we'll look at some of his words on the cross. But, you know, each word he speaks, you know, especially those that were, as he's being taken and arrested and all, you know, he shows his great authority and power and control over all things. You know, again, he's the, he was in the flesh, but yet he is and was the son of God, the very son of God. And so these different words that he speaks, he speaks them to a number of people, you know, from the point, you know, the disciples finish, you know, the, uh, the meal, they go out, they're in the garden, you know, and it's in that garden then that he's, he's taken. And that's kind of where we'll begin, uh, with these. And the first one we'll look at are the words spoken to Judas. So if you will look at Matthew 26. Verse 50, and I'll actually start at verse 41, while he yet spake, Matthew 26, 47. Lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the temple. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And so I want to look at this statement of Jesus. It was actually a question. Friend, wherefore art thou come? And he asked him this, you know, talks to him as a friend. You know, Judas had come as a betrayer, as an enemy. But Jesus referred to him kindly as a friend. Now, hold your finger there and go to Luke 22. Luke 22. And we'll pick up at verse 47 there. While he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them. And drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the son of man with the kiss? So now a second question. And this one revealed, you know, on the first one, he asked, wherefore art thou come? Of course, Jesus knew, but he asked him this, you know, probing his heart. And then he also knew what the sign would be. Betrayest thou the son of man with a kiss? The arrangement that Judas had made with them. The one I kiss, that's the one to take and to hold. And you know, we have no recorded answer of Judas to these questions. Instead, you know, the, they take him. But we know Judas, you know, he's the very, the, he's the betrayer. You know, even you know, the, the supper. Stay now back in Matthew 26 and verse 25. We're told Judas, then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? Because Jesus said there, he would be betrayed. Be good for that man if he had not been born. And Judas, the one that would betrayed him, said, Master, is it I? And Jesus confirmed it. He said unto him, Thou hast said. 
But Judas, we have more if we back up to see this very one. Remember, Jesus pointed out from the very beginning that Judas, one of the chosen twelve, was a devil. John 6, 70 and 71. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve and one of you is a devil? And verse 71 tells us who it was. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. All things are known to God. And again, these were within God's purposes, you know, his decree. He would be betrayed as he would be betrayed by a friend, just as David was betrayed by his friend. We're told more what happened within and brought Judas to this point. In John 13, verse 2. John 13, verse 2. We're told when the supper being ended, and the supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Remember what Jesus said, one of you that chose is the devil. Well, here we see the devil putting it in Judas's heart to betray him. But then we go to John verse 27, 13:27. We'll read then that after the sup Satan entered into him. You know, first it was put in his heart. But now Satan himself enters into him. Jesus saith unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. See, even the betrayal is at the sovereign hand of Christ. What you do, go do quickly. You know, Christ could have stopped him. But Christ knew all, and Christ sent him out. What you do, go do quickly. We can also read that in, in Luke 22, verse 3. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And so after Christ was taken, Judas, here's his first word spoken, both being questions, questions to this betrayer but the very betrayer that's in the hands of Christ. Well, in the garden, as Judas takes him then, we meet Peter. And so now let's go to Matthew 26 and the words that Christ will speak to him. You know, Peter is always the one that's impetuous, ready to act. Earlier, you know, he had, Christ had told him, you know, now will be a time for a sword. And they say, well, we've got two swords. Matthew 26. We'll pick back up now at 51. Matthew 26, 51. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. 
Jesus now speaks. Verse 52. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? And so to, be, to Peter, for the sword, he says, you know, put it back in place. You know, it was Esau who was to live and die by the sword, not Jacob and the descendant of Jacob. But here Jesus said, you know, those that take up the sword, they'll perish by the sword. And he pointed out, you know, I could bring 12 legions of angels upon this place. But he didn't because the scriptures foretold and he had to fulfill those that he would suffer and die. And therefore, how then would it be then if he called the angels and stopped these wicked men and stopped Judas? So he addresses them. Put your sword back. Know that I can bring out the legions of angels if I had so chosen. Then he turns the same hour, said Jesus to the multitudes, verse 55. Are you come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple and you laid no hold on me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. So he turned to the soldiers, you know, and, and asked them, you know, are you come out as a, as a, against a thief? You know, Judas had led them in, and he speaks to them. This multitude, you know, this multitude consisted, if you take all four uh, Gospels, you know, it included the chief priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, the captains of the temple, the elders, a band of men and officers, a great multitude with swords and staves. You know, so all of the, the religious community of the Jews, you know, led by the chief priest, the Pharisees, you know, the captains of the temple, they were actually soldiers stationed there. Not the Roman soldiers, but these were their, their men. You know, the elders, and they brought a great multitude. You know, obviously they feared Christ. They also feared the people. And they came. You know, notice they brought their, their swords and their staves. You know, staves are wooden sticks. We should be familiar with those from like the carrying of the, of the uh, altar and, or of the ark. You know, long straight pieces of wood. And, you know, so they come with their human instruments to try and take Christ. But again, you know, he could have called 12 legions of angels or more. But they come, and, you know, we, they hadn't taken him back up in 26. Verse 3, when the chief priest then assembled the chief priests, scribes, and elders of the people unto the place of the high priest who was called Caiaphas, and they consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. 
But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. So they didn't take him. And that's why he makes this reference. You know, all this time I was with you daily teaching in the temple. But you laid no hold of me. They didn't do that because they feared the people that there would be an uproar. Because the people listened to him. They came out. And in Luke 22, we read his reference to them. Luke 22, verse 52. Now, this was their hour of darkness. Remember, he's approaching his hour on the cross. There will be an hour of darkness, but to them, Matthew 20, I mean, I'm sorry, Luke 50, Luke 22, 52. He says, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves. When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me. But notice the last part of that verse. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. You know, they came in the night. They came with their lanterns. And let's go to John because he gives a more detailed description. And we'll pick up in verse 3. John 18, verse 3. Judas, then having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. You know, they're man-made lights. They're man-made weapons coming against the very light of the world and the very one who had all power, but they're coming in their depraved nature against the very Son of God. But notice what verse 4 says, Jesus therefore knowing all things that should come upon him. None of these are surprises. From the very foundation of the world, this was established for his people, how he should die, when he should die. Jesus therefore knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth. Remember, they were coming to get him. He goes forth to them and said unto them, Whom seek? Ye. So now he speaks to this group. Ask him who you're looking for. They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto him, I am. I am he. And of course, if you're familiar with your Old Testament text, remember, I am that I am. God himself speaking. And when he spoke that, we're told, and Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them, and as soon as he said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. He showed them his absolute power and authority. You know, they came to take him, and they all fell, went backward and fell to the ground. And Jesus himself brings them up he asked then asked them again whom seek ye and they said jesus of nazareth but he was doing this too to protect his his own he said none none would be lost verse 8 jesus answered i have told you that i am he if therefore you seek me let these go their way that the saying might be fulfilled which he spake of them which thou gavest me have i lost none so by showing this power, the disciples could flee. 
and, you know that we'll talk more on that that was the you know the very Christ would have to suffer alone not with his disciples and so therefore they would all flee away again according to prophecy but here he established protection for them he showed again his mighty power and command and notice in all this too you know who's who's in charge of all of this Judas the chief priests and scribes think they are the real answer is Christ is well, he's then taken, and now we'll pick up the next person he speaks to. It's Caiaphas and the council. And so let's go back to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. And we'll start in 59, I'll summarize for a minute. You know, as they all come together, the council, they seek false witnesses. And, you know, they find none that can agree until finally in verse 61, one, there came two false witnesses, verse 60 and 61, and said, this fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace. You know, at this point here, he was not going to argue with them. You know, they were false witnesses. He knew them not. But the high priest then, in verse 63, answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. And when he adjured him by the living God, you know, Christ could not deny himself or who he was or his purpose. And so he responds. Verse 64, Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, and coming in the clouds of heaven. So here he proclaimed, yes, he is the Christ, the Son of God, the very one, the Son of Man, referred to in the text in Daniel that they were familiar with, sitting on the right hand of power, and power there is God, sitting on the right hand of God, and coming, to be coming in the clouds of heaven. So he makes a great statement to them. Let's read from Luke 22. We'll pick up at verse 67. As Mark, as Luke writes, Luke 22, 67. Art thou the Christ? Tell us. And he said unto them, If I tell you, ye will not believe. And if I also ask you, ye will not answer me, nor let me go. Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the power of God. 
Then said they all, Art thou then the Son of God? And he said unto them, Ye say that I am. And they said, What need we any further witness? For we ourselves have heard of his own mouth. Again, confessing he is the Christ. But he said, You know, if I tell you, you wouldn't believe. You know, they were not of his. He said, I, You know, you, if I ask you, you won't answer me, nor let me go. Again, knowing all things. But notice the emphasis again. You'll see the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the power. And here it's the power of God, God himself. And now let's go to John chapter 18. John 18, and I'll pick up at 19. John 18, verse 19, The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spake openly in the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whither the Jews always resort. And in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me. What I have said unto them, behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? And so here he was even struck in the very assembly. But he said, you know, as they were asking these questions, ask those that heard. Remember the ones that heard brought back reports and never heard we a man speak like this man. You know, they could not deny his miracles nor his words. But nonetheless, they took him, brought him to trial. He continued his, his faithful testimony, continued to show his authority and power. Well, he's taken, you know, that was the ecclesiastical or religious trial but then he's taken you know again they couldn't put him to death Rome was in charge you know they were under the jurisdiction of of Rome and the governor Pilate so they take him before Pilate because they've got to get Pilate to condemn him to death in Matthew 27 verse 11 Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And to this governor, Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. We'll be going to John shortly, which will have more. But I want us to see the responses. And remember, earlier he was taken to Herod as well. But Jesus would not answer Herod a word. Herod heard nothing. From Jesus, Herod desired to see a miracle, but Jesus did nothing for him. But to Pilate, he spoke. Again, confirmation. The king of the Jews, the very title that Pilate will later put on him. And I want us to look at all four to see the in the first three the similarity and the brevity of the first three Gospels. Again, thou sayest, Mark 15, verse 2. 
Pilate asked him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answering said unto him, Thou sayest it. Luke 23, verse 4. Actually, verse 3, Luke 23, verse 3. Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. But now let's go to John where there is a more detailed recording for us of the discussions with Pilate. Remember, Pilate's the Roman governor. He has the power to, to condemn. He has the power to set free. A power given him by, by God. But Pilate thinks his, his power and authority comes from Rome and from Caesar. John 18, verse 34. Actually, we'll start at 33. John 18, 33. Then Pilate entered in the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself? Or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered him, I, Jew, thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. So to this question, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus is the king of the Jews. Pilate will refer to him as that. He's a king. He has a kingdom. But notice he points out his kingdom's not of this world. It's a heavenly kingdom, kingdom of his children. Because if it was of this world, he was coming, you know, the Jews expected the earthly conquering Messiah. He said, if I was that, then, you know, my servants would fight. Not only would he have servants fight, he has angels. They could fight too. But he says, this is not, you know, my kingdoms, not from hence. But Pilate answers him again, verse 37, Therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? You know, before a lot of ways he was mocking him as king of the Jews. Well, are you a king? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And he speaks to Pilate. Pilate doesn't comprehend this. You know, he's pointing out he came as the Messiah. This was the purpose I was born into the world. I took on flesh. For this cause I came. And I came too to bear witness unto the truth. And remember, Christ is truth. The way, the truth, and the life. He says, I bear witness of the truth and those that are of the truth, you know, his children. He says, they hear my voice. Well, Pilate's obviously not of his children. Pilate comes back and asks, well, what is truth? And when he said this, he went again, out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. The one thing in all of Pilate's questioning, though, he could never find an error, a fault, a crime, you know, pronounced him guiltless. But yet, we'll see how he still 
sent him to the cross according to, to God's decree. Let's take a last minute and one last group he spoke to then as he's going, you know, we've been looking now from the garden as he approaches the cross. And he speaks to one last group in Luke 22, verse 28, Luke 23 rather, Luke 23. And we'll start at, actually I'll start at verse 26 reading. Luke 23, verse 26, as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, to the hills cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? So, you know, we saw him with the soldiers. We saw him with Pilate. We saw him with Caiaphas, with all the religious leaders, but here as he's taken to the cross, Pilate's condemned him, given the order for execution. You know, he, he's heading there, the daughters of Jerusalem, some of the women, it says actually a great company of people and of women, which bewailed and lamented him. Remember, there were many women that ministered to him. You know, Mary, the Mary's others that, you know, sought him, that wanted to... Uh, Anoint the body. Others among them as well. But he tells these daughters of Jerusalem, you know, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves because of what's going to come upon Jerusalem. Because when earlier in Matthew 27, he was they, as the discussions continued with Pilate, you know, the tumult was made. The people, all the people had answered and said, His blood be on us. Those that had cried, Crucify Him, crucify Him. They said, Let His blood be on us and on our children. And here Jesus refers to that. And He says, If these things are done in a green tree, you know, here they're crucifying the very Son of God that had not committed a crime that had not sinned. He said, then what's going to be done in the dry to those that are without God? You know, that are withered trees. You know, dead in trespasses and sins. He says, what shall be done to these? And, you know, in other scriptures we see, you know, there's only fit to be burned in the fire. And so those, that's his last statement then as he's brought before we hear him speak from the cross. So ponder these words, you know, in them, you know, we see, you know, there's a lot of doctrine, you know, his sovereignty, his omniscience, all the things as he's directing, you know, his very, you know, take being taken in the garden, the details of the execution. We see too, you know, reproofs, you know, how he 
condemn their sins of unbelief and of resisting Christ. You know, he corrects Peter, you know, don't live by the sword. Gives us instruction in righteousness as well, you know, resisting Satan and seeking after Christ. So let's pray. Holy Father, we just ask you now to, to bless your word and just help us to grow from these teachings, to become more like you, more conformed to your image. Just help us to walk in your ways. Just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.